Today on The Breakdown, $3,936,000. That's the total prize pool of the $50,000 No Limit All the Triton Cypress event that took place in April 2022. And we have two behemoths, two titans, two gargantuans of the poker world. Michael Adamo, only the best player possibly of all time, and Chris Brewer, who undoubtedly has among the best hair currently in poker. (laughs) As well as, you know, he gets upset. (laughs) And I like that about him. I like it. Uh, These guys are going to battle And we're going to learn some things about both of them, actually, in terms of strategy. We're going to see some stuff that Michael Adamo does that, once again, will confound and confuse. It will amuse and befuddle. And it will take you down the garden path. And when you arrive, well, you may not like what you see. (laughs) We'll find out. Grant just sits there stoically, (laughs) refusing to contribute to these openings. He will not say a word, no matter what I do. I try, I try. But we're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey, first time, no rehearsal. The way you said with Grant Dennison, Jonathan Levy was like, yeah, we finally made it. <laughs> looks like we made it. Like that type of thing. It looks like we made it. That's what I said. Is it? It looks, sounded like you said, look at we made it. I said, looks look like. Look at we made it. That's well, what you said. You famously are not good at hearing <laughs> words that are sung. Name any that. <laughs> Should we do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you hear what I just said? I said, name any that. You're <laughs> oh, just going yeah. to pave right over that right. as if I didn't do that? I was too busy already compiling yeah. a list. Go ahead. Hit, hit, hit everyone with the like. The number one best of all time yeah. is, of course. Oh, uh, God. Who d- I know you're doing Not it. everybody knows this song. No one knows this song. A lot of people know this no song. No one. Okay, so this They is- would make the same mistake. So Go there's ahead. a song called Pink Moon yeah, by right. Nick Drake. Nick Drake. You know, like, pink, pink, whatever. Pink, 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 yeah. pink moon. Yeah, it's good. Jonathan was convinced yeah. that he said finger moon. Not the entire time, just in one part of the song. Sometimes he says pink moon. Sometimes he says <laughs> finger, finger moon. moon. <laughs> he says finger moon is on its way. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like finger moon that one time. The rest of it is very clearly pink. I wasn't saying the song was called pink moon. I said that one lyric, pink moon. No, finger moon. Finger moon. <laughs> you're, you're tying me up in knots here. All right, what else you got? What's a finger moon is my question. What's a pink moon? Fuck you. It's a moon that is well, the color pink. Oh, that makes sense. Well, then a finger moon is a, is a moon that's the color finger. All right? What? It's so obvious. <laughs> What's the color finger? And don't be racist. Oh, God, that's good <laughs> yeah. save. Good save. It's the shape finger. What? Oh, you can get me on that one, too, if you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I actually don't have any others in the Seriously? quiver ready to go. Do you have one that you know of um, that you have failed miserably? I, I'm not off the top. I mean, I know that there are many, but I can't come up with what they are right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have remembered the finger moon thing until I saw the glint in your eye, and it was obvious. Yeah. What it I, was. I know one from another person who's never going to listen to this podcast. I'm not going to say who the person is, but it's a friend of mine from college. Why wouldn't you say who it is? I don't want to embarrass them. But they're never going to listen. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's just not fair to them. Is it Mitch? No, it's not. You don't even know this person. Oh, okay. This, this woman, she, you know the Third Eye Blind song, Never Let You Go? Yep. She thought the lyric was, I'm under a Chico. Not I'm under the... a Chico, like yeah. that? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's great. A, that's a pretty good one. Yep. 
You know, it's not our fault that they don't sing clearly. No, is I, it? and there's one that I definitely had wrong for a long time, and I can't remember what it is now, but I wish mm-hmm. I could. I mean, I'm sure I bring this up sometimes on the show. I don't know. It feels like I do. But there was a book published about mm-hmm. mistaken yeah. sh- song lyrics. Excuse right? me while I kiss this guy. Yeah, which is yeah. like, you know, worth a little perusing. Yep. It's on Amazon right now. Uh, all episodes now streaming, by the way, <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. Just doing the Just whole after you the watch whole... after you watch Jack Reacher, check it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In between episodes when you're bored. Yeah. Because you're gonna be bored because Jack Reacher over overrated probably. I, so it's I, called Reacher. It's not called Jack Reacher. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that's the movie. The movie is Jack Reacher. That's right. And of course, the second Jack Reacher movie is Jack Reacher. Never go back. Right. Because you can't go back once you go there. Right. And you can't go back. Period. You have to only go forward, no matter what. It's more talking about time than it is about anything else. <laughs> oh, so it's just sort of like... It's not it sort is. of like, sorry, we haven't invented time travel yet <laughs> in the Jack Reacher universe, so... That's right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So time- maybe in the future, they can invent time travel. But then won't it always have been invented, man, if you think about it? Uh, no. But then it's always like you have capability of time travel. You know, there's a whole theory that like you time travel, you won't be able to ever go back to before time travel was, uh, is invented. Only, only once it's invented. Well, that's, that's like a Fermi paradox type theory, right? Like, because it's trying to deal with the absence of time travelers. Yes. Of course, they could just be well disguised. Yeah. I mean, they could be. You'd think that, you know, the way it would normally go mm-hmm. once time travel is invented is maybe it's hyper-exclusive at first, but eventually it, the distribution of it goes around and, like, you're not able to really, like, keep everybody super buttoned up as far as being really good time travelers with being disguised and things. The thing is, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of damage you can do to the past slash the present slash the future, right? Because you yeah. can't actually do damage. If you go back and you do stuff, but the future's already done, it's all written, it's all deterministic or whatever, then who cares, right? Yeah. It, you, there's no affecting anything anyway. You it doesn't. You can go to sleep. You can make a rule. It's all the but same. But we would still. What it would in this world we would still be aware of the time travelers at at any time really right. because eventually in the future when the time travel becomes more easy to access, people would not be obeying the law necessarily or doing such a good job with keeping themselves disguised as time travelers. I would think you can. You would have to set up where you can only go forward as time travelers, never back, because a you could screw up everything. Also, how would you not give away all these things that happen in the future? You would just have to, right? You're like, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Ryan like, Reynolds is the president. I gotta go. And obviously, <laughs> once once this technology got into anybody's hands who wasn't in a super official position, they would use it for profit immediately. If if you could do that, and probably also the people in the super official position would. Yeah. Probably also be using it for property. Yeah. I'm just going to quietly buy one Bitcoin at the current prices right. and stick it in my wallet. Right. No one will ever know. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, for sure, that would be happening. This is a real problem. We're going to have to really figure out regulation around this. Luckily, I, I think it's probably just not going to happen. <sighs> yeah. You're the guy who said the internet wasn't going to happen. And how did that work out? I was, I was seven years old when I said that. And incorrect. I was reading Goosebumps, and Goosebumps said the internet wasn't going to happen. Oh, so you're just a fish? You're just a penguin? I'm a Stein. Follows? I'm a Steinhead. R.L. Stein told me, so I <laughs> believed him. Have you heard about the... I was about to really defame R.L. Stein for no real reason except for the purposes of humor, and I have no... You probably shouldn't do that. So I just stopped myself right there. Good job. That was... That's the new Jonathan. Sometimes you have to remember <laughs> that you're in public when you're on a <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, That's the new Jonathan, though. Now he, like, thinks sometimes before he speaks. Am I, am I meant to believe this? Is this supposed to be Maybe, accurate? Do you think I started that and that whole thing was like a, 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 a sh- for show, basically? It was performative to trick you into thinking that I'm I not think sure that y- about you myself. 
I, I'm not sure that you know if it's correct. <laughs> um, it's hard to know, is what I'm <laughs> going to say, you know? Yeah. How can one know? It's like, it's like, am I crazy? How would I know if I was crazy? I can't know. I don't I know if that's know. true. Really? Could, I mean, it depends on how you define crazy, which is, hmm. you know, like a hot button word these days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so is, is insane better? Probably I don't not. know what's better. Okay. Anyway, if, if you have some sort of mental disturbance that causes you to be viewed by society as different due to that disturbance, how about that? Let's go with that. Well, sure. I think that is, that's one. I'm talking about full on like hallucinations. The CIA is coming to get right. Me, like whatever. so, as an example, schizophrenic people yeah. have those types of hallucinations right. in, in bad cases, right? And they are aware of their diagnosis and they are aware of their situation because it comes in waves. It's right? Not, it's not always. That's true. That's true. But that's not full on. Then <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know either. That's just something I said. Yeah. Because I'm talking about people who are only living in the, the world of hallucination, basically. I think that may be a thing, but I think it may not also. I, I, let's say it was, though. Then you wouldn't be able to tell. I suppose you're right. Yeah. I think it's got to be tough for people who are paranoid um, because how can you ever really know? Like, of course, everyone's going to tell you that what you think isn't true. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, it's ex- really, it's really kind of screwed up. Extreme man. paranoia must be That's just tough. Just entirely debilitating. It's, yeah. It just like puts every, puts a stop to everything in your life. Yep. How could yep. you ever do anything with that? Yeah, you, and and then you walk around and you're like, like the sky's after me. The sky. Yeah, not this guy. I'm doing a callback. Yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if many anyone thinks the sky is after them. And that's ridiculous. Of course they do. <laughs> like I mean, somebody, some, somebody does. Yeah. But very few people, as opposed to. Right. People are after. All them. right. How about individual clouds? People definitely think individual clouds are after them, or is in some way an ominous sign for them and bad, and like they need to get away from it. I want you to know right now, I'm really restraining myself once again. I second hope- time, second time on the show, I'm to restrain. Don't pretend. Myself. Don't pretend you're a saint. <laughs> restraining yourself. <laughs> I'm restraining myself from accusing you of being a bad person right now. But I'm holding Why? off. Why? I'm holding off. Go ahead. No, no. It's too. It's too dark. I can't do it. I can't ruin you. In, in the, you have a child now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something to protect, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's all. Hey, I thought of something that instead we could talk about rather than, you know, potentially offensive musings on the human mind. This is what you do every fucking episode. We're, we're doing something. The discussion is in whatever distribution of the quality of the discussion that we often have, which, you know, there's a wide distribution, but we always have fun. Yeah. And eventually you always just have to find some way to shit on it. It's like the thing that you're listening to right now is terrible, listener. And I'm going to fix it by shitting on it and switching to something that's not, probably not any better. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying I'm, I, I'm a little concerned. That when we delve off into me- the mental health arena, that like yeah. we're saying things that like you know we may regret in the future. So I'm trying to Fair. like steer back. I think back. I That's think all. that was relatively safe. We're we're speaking I the state so. of mind and hallucination, which is a thing that yeah. that is experienced by some people. I understand, but also, you know, we may not have enough sensitivity towards it now or in the future. And so I'm trying to like, hey, you know, we could talk about instead Candy. <laughs> this other thing. No, is it the Phil, the Phil Homie's Queen forehand again? Did we talk about it? We never talked about it. Did we never talk about the? Of course we never. Of course we never talked about I it. I guess we didn't. You it's been. It's it, by the time this comes out, it will have been like two months since yeah. the hand. But he's a dick. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> that's 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 most. not really the point of that part though. Like that hand is not Phil Hummuth being a dick. That's just Phil Hummuth doing something. Oh no no that hand's not him being a dick at all. No, but just him being a dick is three literally three hands later. 
he um, opens Ace Queen, and a guy I think jams Ace Jack on him for like twenty blinds, and Helmuth calls that a it, the dude with Ace Jack wins, and Helmuth berates him. Really berates the hell out of him that's after he calls the all in with Queen Four. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the only reason he's a dick. Um, can we just say one thing about the Helmuth Queen Four hand or two? Just of like course quick. we can. Um, that was an awful play. No kidding. He's a fucking joke. <laughs> it's ridiculous that people defend him, and pe- lots of people defended him for that play. Well, um, it's it easy showed- to defend a guy who has the most bracelets in history. Right, but that's but the that's thing. basically the only defense. That's all they got, right? Yeah. And like, and they would say that's a lot, and I would say like, you have no idea what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> like, like if you if you defend that play, then you have no idea what you're talking about, right? All you do is you look at the big shiny object, like, oh, he's got bracelets, and I can't. Do any other level of critical thinking around this? Yes. That's it, right? I, I agree. I think to... But I want to soften what you're saying. Okay, good. Because I do agree that if you say, in a vacuum, that individual play is a good play for X reason, mm-hmm. you are wrong. It is not possibly a good play. I think you can say, that was a mistake, but Phil Helmuth is a great tournament player. Yeah. And, and I think that's reasonable to say. Absolutely. Yeah. But what, and, what and, and there's something is... that he's doing that's really working in, in these big field tournaments. Right, in these big field tournaments. It's hard to argue that. Um, but, what we're, but what happened was, and this, of course, I saw lots of this on Reddit and Twitter yeah. and all this stuff, was people defending the play itself, you know, right. like, and also like, well, he won the hand, and he's the greatest of all time, and how dare you question this, and that, and it's like, well, I mean, do you, I mean, the emperor has no clothes, man. Come on. Yeah. Like, you don't have to pretend he does. It's okay. You could say that was a horrible play, and he'll probably never do it again. Right. That's okay, right? Yep. And uh, a great example of what you're talking about with the play defense mm. is uh, Phil Galfon, which you retweeted, did an incredible oh, yeah. job defending the play with air quotes. Yeah. But he did, it, he did it so well that a lot of people really ate the onion on it and like really thought that Galfon was defending Helmuth. And by saying ridiculous things like, well, Helmuth knows based on reads that, that, um, that Foxen doesn't have a queen in his hand. Or exactly. Like, so, like something like that. Like, no, he even said like, Based on the other people, how they folded, he knew that they, um, they didn't fold any queens. Right. So that his queen was live. And then he also could tell that Fox didn't have... I mean, it's really funny. And then he also said like he puts them on a range between seven and nine. Yeah. But not pocket nine. He so. knows he has at least one seven or one nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. So for someone to read that and then have a reaction to it, like... You know, people angrily having reactions. Yeah, to like it how could you, Yeah, so it's kind of the opposite it end is. of it where Galfon did a pretty well veiled I mean, joke defense of it. I mean, if you read it for more than, if you read it at all and like think about it at all, it's very clearly a joke. But I think a lot of people also like read a little bit of it and then have a quick response. Because yeah. he did like a six page thing on it too. So it's possible. Why would you write? I mean, this is a whole other issue. If you're not going to read the whole thing, why would you write a response I to mean, it? I mean, that's a really that's good point. public. By the way, if you read, if it's Phil Galfon and he writes something that seems so absurd, and then you don't bother to keep reading it and then publicly yeah. say it's dumb, you're asking for it, right? Mm, yes. Like, yes, you so, are. So there you go. Yeah. Jason Kuhn did, obviously, the, the less severe version of that where he did the fake. This is part one, one out of six of a thread of how the call is actually good. Yeah. And it was just the second part was just kidding. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will give Phil Helmuth credit. He, like, liked all those yeah. things. He didn't, like, make the big defending right. tweets about this. I stuff, think which he, he recognizes does. that was not a good point. Yeah, no, I, I fully expect him never to do anything like that again. Like, right. he made three-bet queen four. That's fine, obviously. But calling off in that spot is absurd. Yes. Just completely absurd. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. We did it. We talked about the important things. We did the news. See, I think, I think maybe you're... Yeah. 
this is for like those who are into not the episodic poker guys, but you know the 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 through line poker yeah. guys series lore. Sure, sure. You know how it is in our series. How we have to do procedural a little bit, but of course we have the overall. Like eventually, they're gonna kiss. <laughs> 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 uh, so for the Helmuth thing, we have the lore of like. For many, many years, it was clear that I, I disliked mm. Helmuth more than you, and you would always call me out on it. Yeah. And then every once in a while, Helmuth will do a thing, yeah. and it'll flip the tables, and you will be far more anti-Helmuth than right. me. And I'll have to somewhat like slow you down on it. And then it always kind of softens, and you yep. come back, and eventually you accuse me of hating Helmuth more than you. Yeah, you um, do. <laughs> right. But, but I feel like this activated you again. You yeah. know, and it's strange to me because it's, it's, it's not. Because it wasn't his behavior. It's, it's usually his behavior. It's the ace jack berating thing three ah, minutes okay. later. No, no, no. I mean, it's just a bad play. I wouldn't be angry at him for making a bad play. I kind of expect him to make bad plays, especially against good players. Yeah. Um, not that bad play. Like I would expect him to do something. <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to call there. But, um, but no, I'm that. I would never be angry at him for that at all. Like I, whatever. He makes stupid folds all the time. Or yeah. you know, usually not stupid calls. Usually stupid faults. Honestly, yeah, that's right. I said stupid. That's right. Retweet me. Bring it on. I don't care. Um, You're a little too desperate, Phil Helmuth. <laughs> I'm gonna punch him. <laughs> don't say that. Oh, sorry. I'm not gonna punch him. Yeah, but if he wants me to, <laughs> wait. I don't mean it that. What way. road are you I going? I mean, like not- fighting. I mean, if he wants to fight, I'm here. <laughs> he's big. Oh, he's way big. He'd destroy me. I'm he's sure. like six six. Yeah, he's he's he'd really hurt me. Even if he's six three, I mean. I'm sh- I'm not that tall. I'm not short, but I ain't tall. You're not. I'm average. And you don't have a lot of fortitude <laughs> either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the will. <laughs> I don't have the strength. You don't, I don't have, the, have the height. You don't have the fight. I don't have any of it. No. No, I don't want to fight Phil. I'm actually a pacifist. I wouldn't fight anybody. But um, but even if Phil wanted to fight and I wasn't a pacifist, I wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, because I would lose. And I was I when I was a kid, I was always very careful to get into fights that I could that I could win only. You got in a lot of fights. I wouldn't say a lot. No, I probably got into like five when I was, you know, in my junior high-ish yeah. years. Um, and I almost got into fights that I might not win, but I tried hard to get out of them, and I was always able to successfully worm my way out. But I got into like, I would say, two or three actual fights where fists were thrown, and I was always like the, the heavy favorite going in. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's the way you got to do it. Yeah, and I wasn't like picking on someone who was like, you know, smaller or younger than me, to be clear. But, um, you know, there were peers of mine who were... You know, but I was like, oh, I can take this guy. You okay, know. but you were you were starting these fights for fun. You were I wasn't like in a starting fight, them. Fight club I wasn't starting. Well, one, one fight I started, but the rest of them I didn't start. But then you know, I I had to end it. So you were a big bully. <laughs> I was really not I huge was really bully. Not a bully. Just like you're bullying. When I was in eighth grade, I was the opposite of a bully. I was a super skinny, tiny kid who was you know not feeling it. I was not there yet. You know, I didn't. I hadn't found my my personality entirely. You know, everybody looks back at history differently. Yeah. Everybody who was bullied by you in middle school is like, oh, Jonathan Levy, that guy ruined my life. Yeah, you're doing doing 30 Rock right now. Don't think I don't see that. I actually do see that now. I didn't think that when I was doing that. So good job. Way to... No, it's fine. Derivative or is it just straight theft? Uh, Plagiarism. I'm not sure. I'm going to go with plagiarism in this one. Plagiarism. I feel like you don't have a good uh, grasp of the law then, if that's what you're going to go with. There. Oh, we're going law. You're getting lawful. Plagiarism is a legal uh, term. Uh, 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 is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. If I make that sound some more, though, will it that, will That'll it make it you? so I'm wrong. Yeah. Will, you, will you at least wonder a little more? Uh, like that's that. how you can win any argument. Just make that sound to make the other person sound like an idiot. Oh, no, I know how to win any argument. I don't, that's not how you do it. Was you take your pants off and they <laughs> run away? <laughs> Is that winning though? 
I mean, yes. It's ending it the absolutely, argument. No, it absolutely is winning. No, the way you win any argument with anyone at any point is you say, that sounds suspiciously like something Adolf Hitler would say. You, that's the end of it. They can't. They don't know what to do now. Easy win. And that, and that'll never come back and hurt you for you saying. How that. could that hurt me? Why don't the presidents in the debate say that? Like in a presidential debate, they're going to. But honestly, they're not good at debating. And if they were, that would be the first thing they said. <laughs> I think it's an interesting idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We did it. Let's move on. Okay. We did our twenty-minute opening. Let's. Uh, Let's dive into the analysis. This is actually a really cool hand. It is. Because, of course, it features Michael Adamo. Yes, the, uh, the flying Australian. Yes, the flying Australian. And you said his name, or the name of Australia, really well there. Thank you. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yep. What was it that... Uh, one of the suggestors here, Philip Ruthard, yeah. on Discord, he said something about Adamo, and I think that was a good way to describe him. It was just a good word for him, but I can't find it now. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You're really filling in here. Well, yeah. while you do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell everyone everyone's uh, Hendon Mob situation. Uh, so actually, let me, let me break down the tournament a little bit, too. So it's a $50,000 buy-in. There's 82 entries, about a $4 million prize pool, and 11 places get paid. But this is like day one. So it's not as big a deal, except a lot. this is going to be a big pot. So it does matter. And you may be saying to yourselves, it's Michael Adamo and it's Chris Brewer. I have a sense about Michael Adamo. Like, you probably have a sense about Michael Adamo's Hendon, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I Hit know me. it was 14-ish million back when we did an Adamo Schindler hand. Mm-hmm. So now it's probably 17 to 20, somewhere yeah, in that 17, range. 17, 8. Yeah. And then there's Christopher Brewer, the yeah. pride of Eugene, Oregon. Uh-huh. Uh, and his, his Hendon is, of course... 4 million. 4.5 million. Nice. So kind of... Tighten those up a little bit, but you're getting closer. I was pretty good. Come no, on. No, you're really good. Really good. Anyway, so I, have I burned enough time? Have yes. you found the thing? Great. Yes. What so is it? So Ruthino, or Philip Ruthard, when suggesting this hand, said, can Brewer finally take one down from the mythical creature? And that's kind uh, of what Adamo does feel like these days. A mm. mythical creature. I like that. Um, also suggested by Casper, of course. Casper Quack. And Jeffrey Yanchek. Yep. That's a pretty good group. It's a quality group. Yep. Those guys, you know, you can trust them. You have to trust them. It's the only way, or else you die in the cave, you know? It's either you trust them, and you follow them through the cave, and you might survive, or you don't trust them, and you just sit there in the cave and wait to die. Well, what, that's a free roll, then, to trust them. Yeah, of course. So, like, it's not so a, you have to. It's not a big thing to trust them if it's a free roll. It's still trust, man. Trust is, matters. Is it? You're not even really trusting. You're like, the only thing I trust is that I die if I don't follow you. Fine. So fine. You're right. Thank you. For the first time in your damn life. Let's get to the hint. Okay. All right, so like Jonathan said, it's early on. We're at 1K big blind, okay. six-handed. Mike Ladamo already has more chips than everybody else because I think they maybe just give him more chips at the beginning of tournaments <laughs> at this point. I'm I not think really it's because sh- he buys in a little bit early. Yeah. Make sure to buy in before so they give him an extra Yeah, I'll a little extra, extra noon, noon yeah. tournament bonus, yeah. extra 1K. Yeah. So he has 378,000 in his stack, so 378 bigs. He's got three four of spades plus one. He's going to open a 3K. Yep. Chris Brewer is in the cutoff or on the button. It doesn't really matter. He's in one of those spots. I yeah, because he has queens. Yeah. He has queens. I didn't write that down either. He has uh, which queens? That does matter. So we're going to find that out real yeah, quick. Real it definitely quick, does like. matter. So talk about it while I figure oh that out. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Once again, shitting on, the, just, shitting on everything. You're just ruining the show. This is the worst show we've done in a while, and it's because you're, you're just like not ready. You're not prepared. Grant's lack of preparation. You did nothing. <laughs> I did nothing. I did an opening. I went on and on about I can't even remember what. I talked about a lot of stuff. I've been 
I've been delivering entertainment to the masses, much like opium. Sure. And All in the Family. That's a TV show. <laughs> anyway, Brewers got Queen of Diamonds, Queen of Clubs. There we go. And uh, I got their positions a little bit better. Oh, yeah. They're, they're okay. next to each other. So Adamo looks like he is on the button, and Brewer is in the small blind. That matters. Okay. Oh, really? That matters a lot. Jeez, you were really unprepared. I guess I did a somewhat bad job preparing yeah. here. But okay. here we are now. Great. So Adamo's on the button. Brewer in the small blind with two queens. <laughs> yeah. Damo opens three-four spades to three thousand. Yep, we finally made it there. Okay, Brewer's got one hundred ninety-two thousand, so one hundred ninety-two big blinds. Yep. with his two queens, he's gonna three bet. He's gonna three bet big. Which yeah, he is. Seems like he probably have to against Michael Adamo. Sure, he's gonna make it nineteen k. That's really big. Six and a half x of Adamo's open. That's more than I would have thought. Even if you told me he opened, he made. If you were saying he did it big, I'd be like, so he made it like fifteen. Right. That's what I would. That'd be my. He is out of about. position. Yep. Then I would say 16 and a half. He went really big. He went 16 and a half. No, he went 19. But it makes sense, you know, because Adamo's going to fight so hard for pots that charging him for the privilege of doing so makes sense, especially when we're going to be out of position. And we've got a premium hand. Like, we just can't ever fold this hand to Michael Adamo, right? Like, in these no. spots, pre-flop, 16 No, we're, we're anyway. just we're putting 192 blinds in. Yep. Like, it's let's fine. go. It's going to suck if you have aces or kings, but, you know, mostly you don't. Yeah, I agree. It's just like, that sucks that Michael Adamo puts you in that spot. I mean, we don't have to put 192 blinds in, really, right? We make it 19. He makes it 52. We can call. We don't have to shove immediately if we don't want to. Yeah. Like, we may be in game theory disaster mode by the time we shove, you know, unless he's got exactly jacks. I guess ace-king's a flip. But, you know, it's not, like, amazing. Um, so maybe we call. Of course, then we lose the pot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Which sucks. I mean, we go with any low flop, obviously. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even a one over, I don't know, an ace high flop. It's no, we be can't hard. go with it. But king high flop, we may have to, we may have to go with it. Anyway, we might. I think. Hopefully, he'll slow down at some point on the king high flop, right? We're obviously check calling the flop on even an ace high board, I think. I, just, I find it really interesting that at some, certain points in poker history, this, at this point, Michael Adamo, this feels like a runaway train that everybody has to deal with, mm-hmm. and it feels like they can't like right the ship and be the one that Adamo has to deal with, and that's just how it feels. Uh, yep, that's how it feels right now. And it's interesting how that works, you mm-hmm. know. Um, all right, so it's a huge three bet, and Adamo has three four of spades. Should he consider folding, even though he's Michael Adamo? Yes, yeah. Of course, he should consider folding. I understand he's got the button, but the stack to pot is not going to be great for this hand, right? Like, Brewer's going to have, like, 170K or something. Yeah, right? and there's going to be 40K in the pot if Adamo calls. Right, we're, like, four and change to one, four and a third to one, four and a half to one, something like that. Yeah. That is really not good for this hand. I know we're Michael Adamo. Maybe that's enough. I think it is. But, you know, mostly everyone should fold when Brewer makes it this much, right? Probably. I mean... Because that means we're calling... If we call three, four spades, we're calling so many hands here. Well, I don't know. Like, let's think about this. Okay. This is Adamo's widest opening range. He's on the button. Yep. So... There's a lot of hands he can fold. Like, he probably opens jack seven off, right? He's going to fold that. I don't know if he opens jack seven off at this level. Maybe he does. There's an ante. Oh, okay. Yeah, 500. That, that helps. 501k with a 1k big blood ante, and we're six handed, so the ante is more valuable. Yeah. I still don't know if he's opening jack seven. He's certainly opening jack eight. I mean, right. no question. About I mean, there's that. a lot of unsuited garbage in his range. Any king high, stuff like that. King, even king four suited is like a worse hand to call with one deep than this, probably. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, there's a lot of hands he can fold and still call with this. Yeah. 
even so, with the price we're getting, we could probably fold this one too, and probably a bunch of others. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but like we could call with like seven eighths of spades and seven eighths suited and stuff like that. We don't have to call with the worst suited connectors, which is this is of course got to be. I don't think he's opening three deuce of spades on the button. I, I don't know, it. Michael Adamo but, does... but even if he is fine, the second yeah. worst. I th- I think you should be folding those hands in a vacuum. I'm not. He's Michael Adamo. I'm not saying for him. Maybe it's different, but it would seem like. It's weird to me that it, I'm surprised he calls. Let me if say you are in this setup and you have three, four of spades and your opponent yeah. makes it six and a half X, you should probably fold. Yep. The only way I don't fold is if my opponent is such a huge fish, you know, where they like make such massive mistakes post-flop that it's an easy call. Maybe right? to Michael Adamo, everybody is that. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That seems unlikely. It does. But he's so successful over the past yeah. year and a half or so. I mean, the one cool thing about calling here is how is Chris Brewer ever going to put us on a hand like this? Right. And I think maybe there's some metagame stuff here, too, because Michael Adamo is obviously playing you know, all of these high roller things. So it's a yeah. heavily iterated game with all of these players. That's true. It's pretty cool to have all of the board covered. And he pretty much does. You know, I th- yeah. I'm sure he calls with aces sometimes here, too. Yep. I, I, I would guess he does, uh, at least sometimes call with aces. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely got the board covered. That's for sure. And, of course, everyone gets to see, because this is going to be a streamed event. This yeah. is the Triton. Um, everyone gets to see that he's got this in his range that he calls with, which means, one, you're just going to be a little less excited to three-bet him light. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, he's going to have position on me, he's not going to fold, and he's going to make my life hard post-flop a lot of the time. Right. That so, ace-four like, ace off feels like an auto-three-bet out of the small blind, but then Adamo's opening, and you're like, why, why would I do it if he's going to call and just outplay me? Right. Like, the whole point is he's supposed to fold a lot pre-flop, yeah. and if he's never going to freaking fold, like... I just got to, I have to have better hands to do this with. So there could be some pretty big metagame impacts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like he just calls and then doesn't do anything. We've seen him make huge moves all the time. Yeah. We might see that here. He's probably going to, something's probably going to happen since it's a breakdown hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you in a vacuum. If you don't know anything about the players, you should be folding in the spot. My God. Yes. But Michael Adamo probably navigates the, among the best of anybody post flop in the tournament world right now. And sure. has massive confidence and is also playing a metagame that includes scaring his opponents into not taking huge actions against him with weak hands. That might be the case. Yeah, I guess. Or he's just like, eh, it's early in the tournament. I want to take a few more chances too. You know, yeah. Could be that. Could you know, be. Try, try and play for big stacks early because he feels like once he has a, I mean, he already has one. Well, as he gets a bigger and bigger stack, he can just bully table. He can bully people. Yeah, all that might be a tournament. big part of his strategy. I mean, the whole idea of like playing big early to try and get a lot of chips and then running over your table forever is is a reasonable thing if you've got the skill set for it. And I think it's a reasonable thing in these tournaments. I don't think it's a reasonable yes. thing in the main event or the monster stack or anything like well, that. Well, I think in the main event, maybe. People are pretty scared in the main event. But, but the it doesn't... I, what I'm talking about is that's a much more viable strategy in a small field tournament. Oh, of course. Yeah, you yeah. can't do it for seven days. Of yeah. course you can't. Unless you're Jamie Gold. But you basically can't do it for seven <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah. Right. And there's so many ebbs and flows in a big field tournament that it's just not going to be as effective even if you do accomplish yeah. it. Yep. Uh, no, you're, you're totally right. I mean, we have 82 entries total in this event, and this event just isn't going to last very long, right? Yeah. It's like a two-day thing, and I think the idea of just doing lots of things for the metagame, I like your point. Um, so Chris Brewer just doesn't want to, like, play pots with him, doesn't want to three-bet him light. It's going to make it very easy for Michael Adamo to play against Chris Brewer and everyone else for not just this tournament, but period. Yeah. So that's cool. It is cool. That said, but wow, Brewer's getting a lot of value right now with his queens. Yep, because Adamo does call, of course. Of course he does. We have an important announcement regarding Nitrogen Sports, and this isn't just advertising right. stuff. This, this is an is... actually important announcement. Please listen if you're on Nitrogen Sports. Yes. This is a big deal. 
All right, so Nitrogen is moving over to a new site called Nitro Betting, and what that means is you have to sign up again using our link for access to our monthly tournament, which is going to continue. We're going to keep doing the monthly tournament, and don't worry, it's not hard. It's just as easy as it was on on Nitrogen Sports. You just use the link, you sign up, you have access. And there's lots of other benefits. The site is new. It's a lot prettier. So pretty. It's improved. And they have new cool products if you like other types of sports betting stuff. Like March Madness is fun, right? They've yeah. kind of brought that everywhere. They, they now do brackets for a lot of events. They also do squares for a lot of events. You know, at the Super Bowl, at the party where everybody puts money on a square, finds the, the score. That's like where the plumber always wins, right? Because no one has to know anything with the square. It's all random anyway. Yeah, and the plumber is never good at, at sports betting. <laughs> wow. Had, had to wow. Do that. Wow. Yeah, that Mario is upset. Mar- well, if the plumber was good at sports betting, probably be a professional sports better. You're, you're a basically plumber. a turtle right now because Mario's going to stomp on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, yeah, they also have you. pick pools as a new product, which mm-hmm. is, you know, you're in a pool of people, whoever gets the most correct picks wins it's, it's more competitive it's more fun and uh, crucially though again even if you've already signed up for nitrogen sports you got to sign up for nitro betting using the link in the description or else you won't get access to that tournament but don't worry it's easy and it's still that great tournament yeah it's also going to be in our pinned tweet if you don't get to this right now and you can't remember can't find it it's always going to be the first tweet on our twitter timeline yep see you there okay all right so we are still here. Michael Adamo somehow still has three, four of spades. I wonder if he's going to make it hard on Chris Brewer. I wonder. We'll find out. 40K in the pot. Yep. Brewer's got queen of clubs, queen of diamonds. The flop is 10 of spades, 10 of clubs, five of spades. Oh, no. <laughs> Michael Adamo has a flush draw and it's a paired board. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I would expect we're going to see fireworks. As Brewer, do you typically want to bet or check against Michael Adamo bet. here? We got to bet. Okay. It would have been against the field, the world. I think we're betting against the world, too, when we have a hand like Queens here. I think we're betting. We can get called by a huge amount of things. There aren't that many tens, actually, in the calling range. There are some, but there's a lot of pocket pairs and a lot of, like, big suited broad. I mean, you normal. say that, but then you see what Michael Adamo has. Right. But that means Michael Adamo's pretty fucking wide. Right. right? So tens don't make up a huge percentage right. of the calling range. And against a guy like Adamo, we're just going to have to hold on. Like, if he raises, we don't love it, but we can't fold. It's Michael Adamo. See, this is this is the thing that's so effective about Michael Adamo in tournaments, right? Because your tournament life inherently matters so much. Yeah, you know, and it's like you can know all of these things, and still you could be making a huge mistake. I know. Um, and of course, this means Adamo just gets so much value when he has it. Yeah, but it's hard to have it, and so like someone like Chris Brewer knows that, and so I think like our plan has to be we bet, and we look to probably if if a safe card comes off the turn like the two of hearts. I don't know if we bet again or if we if we check call. We probably check calls since, and like see what happens. And if he checks it back, we, we get two streets of value, basically, I think is what we're looking to do here. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think if we, but I think we, we have to be willing to play a big pot against him right now, even on this board. I think we have to. Yeah. yeah. If he wasn't psycho, fine, but he is. Yeah, but in like a good way. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a non-pejorative way. But I mean, like he is a quality player, good player. Not yeah. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Because there's a lot of players who might be you know, described as psycho by their right. peers who are not very good. No, no, no. Psycho in the best way. Yeah. Even like the point is like, he absolutely doesn't have to have it. Right. Right. So, okay. He just called this huge bet. Like he's got a lot of medium pocket pairs. He's got a lot of big suit of Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like so ace jack of spades. If you're brewer, how much do you want to bet into 40 K? We don't need to bet very much. Yeah. Right. Um, those pocket pairs are calling the bid suit of Broadway is calling at least some of the time. If it has a back door. Yeah. So if he's got clubs. Yeah. 
Um, if he, if he, he can have just ace queen off also. So we want to charge those things a little bit, but we don't want to charge that much. It's a 40 um, the pot is 40k. I would think we could bet like 15. Brewer bet's 10. Yep. Goes that's even smaller. That's even smaller. All right. As Michael Adamo with the four high flush draw, how would you approach it if you were Michael Adamo and somehow you called pre-flop? Well, I don't know how to even answer that if I was Michael Adamo. I can't. I, no, if you were in the seat. Oh, that's really different. Ten of um, spades, ten of clubs, five of spades. I would call. You would call. 10,000. It's super cheap. I'm in position. I can... Re- I mean, I would rarely raise trip tens now anyway. I'd rarely raise fives full now, I would think. Um, I would probably call a lot and look to get, you know, some value on turns and rivers, mostly. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I like that. Go on. You have a lot of flush draws in your range. Yeah. It's a lot... Like, you can win this hand a lot by raising with the flush draws. You can also sometimes get value from some hands when you have a 10. So... It feels like pretty easy to create a raising range that's just tens and flush draws. I just feel like we're going to have way too many bluffs if we do that. I mean, why not raise your worst flush draws that have no showdown value? I mean, we being in position just gives us a lot of room to not have to do that. So you have no raises. I'm not saying that. You're asking me what I would do in this spot. I'm yeah, saying I know. I, I'm, I, I'm lean, asking. I lean towards a call. Okay, but of course you, I have some raises. But with, with what hands? No, flush draws are going to be part of it. Okay. Um, for sure, they have to be right. But so, I, mean, I don't think we should raise all our flush draws. Right? Why would like you it. choose to just call this flush draw? Um, you know, Brewer making it eighteen or nineteen thousand just feels like yeesh. Um, why would I choose to do that? Uh, I don't really have a reason. I don't have a good reason to do this. I mean, you, your your point that it's sort of the worst flush draw, and so like yeah. if we don't have overs even to the ten or right. anything like that, like making a pair isn't necessarily a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, those are all pretty good reasons to call for, I mean, to raise for sure. Um, if you're going to raise some flush draws, right. is, is there a better flush draw to raise? Maybe, maybe the nut flush draw for, you know, not getting coolered. That's nice, I suppose. I mean, if we had ace, king of spades, that'd be an interesting one to raise right now, right? Because we block aces and kings? Actually, it's a, maybe it's a bad one to raise. We block aces and kings, which is good. So usually we're in a flip more than we're ahead, yeah. like, percentage-wise, if we get it in right now on the flop. That's good. Um, but like Queens, I assume the big pocket pairs aren't folding anyway. No. And we're ahead of all the unpaired hands. So maybe, yeah. maybe it's a bad idea to raise a hand. Yeah. Like that, also, right? we don't really have that based on pre-flop too often. Oh, cause it's small blind to button. You're yeah, right. We're, we're usually going to four bet a lot there. You're right. Especially as the big chip stack too. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah, you're right. And we're Michael, our, our rep and stuff. You're right. Yeah, maybe this is a good one to raise. I don't think we should raise all our flush draws. I, that's all I can say. But this one makes sense to raise if we're going to raise Yeah, I mean, them. I think if we're going to not raise some of them, it would be really nice to have two overs or, like, some pretty connectedness for the back doors, like Jack-9 of spades or something, where there's a lot of good turn cards. I was going to say Jack-9 of spades is good because we block 10-9 and Jack-10 from him having that a he's little bit. So, he's not that likely to have those as three bets out of the small plane. I don't know if that's true or not. If we're opening a lot on the button... Maybe he's three. I mean, I think that's just a much more valid point if we open the cutoff and he calls the button. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. just not such a huge part of most people's three betting. I think you just call there a lot of the time. Yeah, and unsuited maybe just fold. Oh, unsuited, I would expect yeah. to fold. Yeah, yeah, and also by the way, the tennis spades is out there, so that kind of refutes the whole point. Oh, for us to have spades, it does refute yeah. the whole point. Fair, fairly well said. Thank you. Reasonably well said, I guess. A workman like have I have I punched you into submission on this? Yeah, I think you have. Like this is a good flush out of raise. Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. All right, Michael Damo agrees. So okay. 
He's going to raise to 30K. He's going to Obviously, go ahead. I knew he raised, by the way, the whole time. Yeah, of it course. like I, yeah. Of course. I'm just saying for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the sizing? It feels like, you know, he's, he's working off brewer sizing like we see amateurs do. Why is he doing this? Um, I don't know. Uh, it feels like a hand like ace queen might call when we make right. it only 20K more. The right? reason to do it would be because you assume your opponent has a binary decision. Yes. And you can fold out all the same stuff. Right. But if ace queen is going to call, then... But I don't know if it is. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I don't know either. I mean, it's 20 blinds that it could just save right now. And it's, if the problem, if you have ace queen, of course, if it isn't with the back... If you have backdoor clubs, I think you call, right? Or backdoor spades. Yeah. Um, but you could be drawing nearly dead. With ace queen and yeah. out of position, which and you know he's going to put a lot of pressure on the turn, so you might just decide to throw it away. So a reason Adamo might have made it thirty k is because maybe he does believe that Brewer will be folding his unpaired overcard. Well, that's a reason to do it. If you think that's going, if that's going to work, great. Yeah. And if it if it's and probably forty k doesn't fold out those other hands anyway. Like it's not going to fold out nines. Of plus, course not. You know. No, no, no. We're not going to fold out a pocket pair yet. No. Maybe later, but not yet. Right. Um, we're only targeting those overcards. So this is, in, and, you know, the ace wheel type hands and stuff like that. Sure. Um, all the ace highs that Brewer three bet, which might be a lot. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he's just trying to get rid of those. So this, the, this must print money, I would guess. I would guess. I hope so. I hope so. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what Brewer's three betting range against Adamo really is in this spot, you know? Like, he has queens, so it's easy to say he's value heavy because he made it so much. But yeah. that isn't necessarily true. It's probably not. Playing at a very high level here. Yeah. Um, so Adamo raising to 30K, it's something nice about it too, is like in the times that you are against those hands that are definite calls, you haven't put as much in, but, but you still do have equity, like against almost everything with the three forest spades. I need you to say that again. I'm, I couldn't process that sentence. Okay. So even in the times that you're called, mm-hmm. um, you still do have equity against those hands, but you've put in a little bit less than if you made it like 45 or 50K uh, and you've not committed as much of your stack with yes. what you know is a draw against that hand. Right. Yeah. The, the other thing that's nice about this is we have the option to take the super cheap, the free river card now, yeah. right? Like not always, but almost always we're going to get a check on almost any card on the turn. Yep. And we can just check it back. And now we've paid very little. We, we definitely would have had to pay way more than 30K to get to the river. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool thing that we can do if we want. Right. So I like that too. Yep. Brewer, of course, calls. Of course. I mean, he, he knows what Adamo's repping. It's pretty easy. He's repping fives full or a 10. Yep. And flush draws are clearly out there. So you can't fold queens against frickin' Michael Adamo. No way. Yeah. No, no, we're holding on with this hand. Yeah. We just have to. It's like, uh, I guess I may go out sometimes. Yep. Pots, nice clean 100K now. That is clean. Sick. I hope they don't bet anymore because it's such a good number. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Turn is the eight of diamonds. The only way this should ever affect things are if Adamo has 10-8 suited or Brewer has 8-8. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's, I guess it could have created a combo draw for Adamo. And yeah, maybe could've. sometimes Brewer. I don't know, but probably not. That I mean, often. it would be like Queen Jack of Spades for Brewer. I don't yeah. know what else it could be. Yeah. Uh, Brewer checks. This is a, a, one of the values of Adamo's raise, right? Like, yep. Adamo put in 30K on the flop. What would, what would Brewer's bet have been on this turn card? I mean, there would have been 60K in the pot. I think Brewer would have bet at least 40 to 45, yeah. right? Yeah. If, so instead, Adamo put in 20K. That's assuming Brewer doesn't check because the, the board is paired. Like, he might sometimes check to like check call instead of betting. But I think mostly he's going to bet against the yeah. Domo specifically, right? Yeah, you'd think. I think. I would guess he would. So Brewer checks. Yep. As a Domo, do we keep going or no? I mean, you my... The, you take the free river? Uh, yeah, my... Okay. 
because we raise and he called, we believe that means there aren't that many overcards left, right? Right. There's a few, and that we could get folds from. The There's ace, queen like of spades. The, sorry, or, not the ace. Or the ace, the ace... X with the ace of spades. Or the king, queen of clubs. Yep. Those are like, those are the kinds of hands. Yeah. Everything else is probably calling again, if we, unless we bet really big. We could bomb it, I guess. Yeah. But I don't even know if that's going to work because we're Michael Adamo. And we know we're Michael Adamo. You know, we know our image. So my, incli- my, my initial inclination is to check here. Yeah. But then you're not Sean Wintering. R- exactly. Exactly. And, and Sean Wintering Obviously, means- everybody in the audience knows what I mean. We don't have to explain it at all. But go ahead, Justin, for the All new right, listening. so Sean Wintering, and this is going to be a new breakdown term, I think, <laughs> that we're going to use yeah. for some things. It's a, he seems to be on the forefront of what we've seen a lot of the high rollers doing, which is betting in spots where you don't always historically see bets from good players in order to keep their options open in future streets, basically to become uncapped for the entire hand. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you check here as a Damo, you're saying, I don't have a 10. If I don't, get, if I don't hit my card on the river... I can't win this pot now. Yeah, basically, right? I got to hit a spade, otherwise I just can't win, um, which isn't great. Yeah. So by continuing here, first of all, we do fold stuff out, but second of all, yeah, we have the option to say like, "I have it, bro," and yeah. put you'd put through to a real decision, and you win a big pot in those spots instead of you know slowly chipping away at yourself by always taking the free river and not getting there frequently enough to build a stack that lets you dominate the table. Right, and of course we do get there twenty percent of the time too. Yeah. So, like, we can get called and win. It isn't like we have a no equity bluff. Right. Assuming our spades are good, which I think we would assume. Right. So, Adamo's going to Sean Winter. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm really coming around on that line as a thought process against good players. I don't think it's necessary against bad players. Right. Because they're not going to understand if you're uncapped. Right? Yes. Like, that's this right. Is, this is for when you're playing players who understand what you're representing and if you actually can have those hands. Mm-hmm. It's very important to not use it against your general poker playing public. Right? Yeah. Because uh, then you're just putting in 32K without needing to, which is what Adamo is doing. He's betting 32K. Brewer can't do anything but call, right? I like, mean, 32K, just... hold on, is incredibly small. Yeah. He raised to 30 on the last street. He made it 32 That's now. a piece of Sean Wintering. Sean, like yeah. the Sean Winter breakdown we just did on Monday, this sizing is massive compared to that. Insanely huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's more than 10% of the pot, man. And if we look at it from the point of view of you want to make sure you have fold equity on the river, you just can't bet that much on the turn, right? Because... Because Brewer's going to be find himself pot committed if we're not careful. Yeah. Right? So I like this in that it keeps his options open. He can still potentially get a fold on the river or get there, by the way, and get paid on the river. Either one of those things could happen. Because um, there's going to be, with a call, which, of course, Brewer's going to end up calling here, there's going to be 164K in the pot, and Brewer's going to have 111 left. So Brewer can still find a fold sometimes with some of his hands. But, uh, but like, if we made it 60K and he called... Now Brewer's got 80K left, and the pot's going to have, like, what? You know, 220 in it, and he's never folding. Like, whatever it comes. So that's really... So that's another place where, like... I mean, even putting in 32 is like, well... Like, are we, do we really have enough fold equity? But Adamo knows this guy. Adamo is pretty clean with his sizing. If yeah. You remember that Justin Bonomo hand we did at the final table of the World Series high roller, and he, like, sized the turn such that it was an exact pot-sized bet remaining on the river? This may be also why he made it so small on the flop. Yeah. So he could bet tiny on the turn and still have the shove, a big, a big shove play on the river. I wonder if one of the things that we've been kind of... We've mentioned, but have overlooked as a major superpower of Adamo is the way he games out his sizing. It might be a really big deal for his mm. success. It's funny because I would think, were I in Adamo's seat, well, if I raise here on the flop, now the pot's going to have, whatever, 120K in it, and it's going to be hard. Like, I, can, I guess I can shove turn, 
but that's like kind of the only play I have left. Like, I, there's no tiny bet here yep. on the turn that's going to be reasonable. That's the way I would think about it. But he's like, of course there is. So, this, so all of these things. This is it's the simple action of continuing to bet was the Sean Wintering, but also the sizing is the Sean Wintering. It's yeah. all about having more more branches on the game tree for you in the future, right? right? And and you're robbing yourself of that with your traditional thinking. That's right. And the high rollers are figuring out that they are allowing themselves this. And they still get at least a little bit of fold equity on the turn and doesn't cost them that much. Right. right? They still get to preserve a fair amount of their stack while doing all these other things. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It's a very interesting overall strategy. Again, this is only going to be effective or needed, at least, at high levels when you're playing against good players. You can see how this works, though, as opposed to all these passive lines that I keep saying, like, well, my inclination is yeah. to call. My inclination is, like, where we don't have any chance to get Brewer to fold. Right. Now, everything has a chance to get Brewer to fold, along with all these other things that are happening, yeah. too. It's, it, you can see why this is effective. I can see why it's effective. I think it's a soft revolution happening right yeah, now. Maybe. In the I like that. Yeah, maybe. Soft revolution. That's good. Soft revolution, yeah. Revolution. Yeah. I meant to say it, even though it came out as resolution. Yeah, but I meant to say Revolution, and I do like that. That's a that's the name of an album. It is actually the name. Oh, of Oh, it album. is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now that I think about it, it, is I think by the band Stars. If I get, if I'm. Oh, uh, so you once again stole or plagiarized legally? So? I didn't. I didn't realize I was saying the name of an album until you mentioned that. You know, right. I didn't realize I wrote Hamlet until someone said, "Oh, this is exactly the same as all the pages of Shakespeare's play." And you know what? I still got sued by Shakespeare, didn't I? Yes. So good luck with that one in a court of law. Thank you. You're lucky Johnny Cochran's dead because he would <laughs> definitely have your entire house and owners ownership of your stuff. Just that's a legal term too. <laughs> You've done it. You've done a good job. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So let me let me ask you this. I think this is a question that needs to be asked because we kind of glossed over it. Once a double bet's thirty two k. Yeah. Here's the situation for Brewer. He's got queens. Yeah. Ten of spades, ten of clubs, five of spades, eight of diamonds. Yep. So the pot now contains hundred and thirty two k. Since Adamo bet 32K. In Brewer's stack, sitting in Brewer's stack right now <laughs> is 143K. Yes. Is it reasonable just to shove? Yes. Okay. It has to be, right? right. We get to A, deny spade equity. Yep. B, not get bluffed if a weird card comes off. Like, what if Adamo doesn't have spades? He's got something else. He's got Jack Nine of Diamonds. He's like, I can rep the the ten, yeah, because I'm Michael Adamo from Australia. <laughs> and um, and then yeah. a spade comes and we make a bad fold. What if a king comes and we make a bad fold? Like we get to avoid all of that. Um, there is absolute game theory disaster problems here. Like, yeah, you're never getting called by a worse hand. We're just picking up the pot in the middle. Yeah. However, the pot is now substantial. Right, and we're denying equity to the spades, which is a big deal. That, yes. that makes up probably a pretty significant portion of Adamo's range when he's using these small sizings. He can be pretty bluff heavy. Now, we are like 80% against... Well, not 80% because he's got some overcards on us, too, yeah. a lot of the time with the spades. So we're not 80%. We're like probably 72%, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Yeah. But that pot is big, man. Yeah. Like... Just by moving in, if we just auto take it down some big percentage of the time, like now we've got so much, now we've got like almost a 300K stack, right? Yep. I mean, like that's a big 270K stack. Like that's a really big deal. We're the chip leader at this table. I don't know. Oh, maybe we're not actually. Uh, whatever. We've got a lot of chips now. A lot of chips. I just had a really quick back and forth in my head where I first okay. thought something, then I thought no, the exact opposite. Let's see cool. where you land on it. All right. Does your opinion of whether or not shoving is a viable strategy change if you have the queen of spades? And in which way? Okay. Great question. So because we'd be... Okay. I can sort of see where this is all going. If we have the queen of spades and we shove, he's less likely to have a flush draw. Yeah. Um, 
So that would be less good to shove, it would seem to me. it would seem that way. Um, Also, by having the queen of spades, it makes our hand a better blocker and and bluff catcher on the river if a spade comes. Of course, then I don't know what we're beating except weird air. No, then we can't can't call the river on a spade if we have queens with the queen of spades. Right. Um, Wait, we can't call the river on a spade if we have the queen of spades? Because we block spades on the turn, like... That's important too, right? That means that Adamo already has a lot of. I, I guess if you think Adamo's not moving in with trips when the spade comes, then that's the question. Yeah, okay, that's then, the question. Then I guess I can. He see. might not. He might think he can't get value yeah. um, with with unless maybe if he has Ace Ten exactly. Yeah. But if he has the other tens, he may be like, all right, I don't know, I don't know if I can get a yeah. call here. Um, so yeah, my inclination would be that we shouldn't move in as much with the Queen of Spades in our hand on the turn. Do you, where did you end up? And tell, tell us. Yeah, I, I think that's there. where I ended up. Okay. Um, I can't even remember what the other side of it was now. It just, it just flipped back and forth in my head a few times. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, I think we're probably supposed to call the river if a spade comes and he shoves when we have the Queen of Spades in our hand. I think. But if a spade doesn't come and we have the Queen of Spades in our hand on the river, are we supposed to call if he shoves? I don't know anymore. I mean, he could have a lot of other spades. Um, I don't know, man. But we have to. Yes, yes. We still have to call the whole point. We're not, we're ultimately playing this because he's Michael Adamo, and we think he's going to be very aggressive post flop. Yeah. So we can't fold the we can't fold the hand as good as queens. Like we're ne- we almost never have a hand this good in this spot. And yeah, we have the spade in our hand, and that sucks a little bit. But I don't think it sucks enough. I mean, once we call the turn, we do have a hand this good a lot. Like, what's the bottom of our range? Nines. Um, maybe even eights. Eights full. Oh, right. There's an eight on board. Okay, probably nines. You're right. So it's we can have spades ourselves, although we probably wouldn't play them like this. We would we? not call the turn. We can't call the no. turn. Well, he bets 32. We could decide to call the turn, but we'd probably just move in. Yeah. Especially if big spades would be like, cool, go ahead and call us with yeah. your worst spades, you yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. Huh. So the thing is, we... It's hard to come up with that many hands that we have that are better than queens, though, too, because like we're often going to re-raise aces and kings, right? Not always, I know, but often, right? We're going to put it... If he, put, if he makes it... Oh, wait, no, no, he called. Yeah. So never mind, that's not true. Oh, no, we can absolutely have aces and kings. Yeah. Oh. And we could also have ace-10, probably. Yes, we can have ace-10. Okay, maybe you're right. So maybe queens with the queen of spades is pretty, is, is, does have to get thrown away. Maybe. Ugh, it makes me feel so disgusting. But it does seem like a hand that's better to call the turn with than without a spade. Yeah. With Brewer's exact hand feels like I'm not saying I'm not actually even advocating for him to shove, but I'm saying it's a more viable strategy than if he had the queen of spades. Right. Like we, if we're going to shove queens, this is the kind of queens we should be shoving, yeah. not the one with the spade in it. Of course, I've never been in a spot like this with this SPR with queens when I would ever consider shoving, but I've never played against Michael Adamo, so mm. that changes things. Like you would never shove in this spot, right? Um, I have shoved in this spot, although no, it was a little bit different. It was a different spot. It's not really fair to say this spot. Um, so I've made shoves though, where like, I'm like, I'm behind a lot, but like that guy just bet enough that like, we're going to get all in anyway. And I just can't allow like more cards to come. And right. So but it, when go. the value is so stark and obvious, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little different. It like, is a little different. I agree. I agree. Anyway, Brewer ends up calling, which feels like a n- normal, it feels pretty normal, nice suburban default. Got the Volkswagen in the driveway and just keep on right. going to work every day. Yeah, Adamo still has 300 blinds basically in a stack as we go to the river. So he's like got, as we said, all the options. Buku bucks, they say. That's what the kids are saying these days. Like he can check it back. He's still, he's still got all the chips. Yep. You know? We'll see what happens. 164K in the pot. Brewer has 111 back. Yep. River's the ace of hearts. 
<laughs> Thank you, Poker Gods, for the most interesting card type. The non-spade yeah. ace is by far the most interesting card I agree. on the river. I agree. And my guess is Adamo is giving up a lot on this river, but maybe not on this card, not on this river right. card, but like coming in, once, once he gets called for 32, it's pretty clear Brewer's got mostly big pairs, right, that he's yeah. probably snapping us with on the river if, if a safe card comes off, right? In this hand, we actually talked about the river before we started the podcast. We did like the most talking about the analysis of the hand before the oh, podcast we? than we've ever done. Oh, yeah, we did. That's like, right, we, we did. Because we spent two minutes talking about it before the podcast, right, right, where right. often we spend no time at all. Because uh, Yeah, it was good. It was actually a good thing to talk about, though, because, I mean, we could have I guess we, we need to replicate We would have done it here. Well, let's well, tell quickly what happened. Again. So Brewer checks, of course. Of course. Adamo moves in. Of course. For 111K. And I said, originally I said, like, I mean, does Adamo really ever have ace-x of spades here and move in? Like, and I said, of course bridge. he does. He said, of course he does. I was like, oh, yeah, Brewer has, like, almost no aces. when when Because he can't have the flush draw himself. He only has aces full. If, right. That's if, one combo. Yeah. And so if Adamo has ace seven of spades, of course he moves in. Yeah, like, yeah. If Brewer has a 10, so be a good job, you got me. Right? Other than that. Like you're you're safe. Well, I mean, the question is this: If Brewer's going to fold hands like kings and queens, then he sh- and call with tens. Actually, Adamo shouldn't be moving. Into well, that's it. true. So I, maybe I could push back a little bit on this now that we're. I, I originally agreed with you once you said that, but now I'm thinking about it more. Like, what hands can Brewer call with? I mean, maybe Brewer just decides like I'm calling with queens here. Yeah. Um, but you can see how that's hard to do. You can, you can. I mean, this is a really weird spot. I don't know if he's supposed to move in with with ace X of spades anymore. I'm 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 flipping again. I'm like your mind. You're supposed to last... check back. You're almost always ahead. You're almost always ahead, but every time, but if you only can get called by better hands, betting is not a good idea. I agree. I agree. So, I don't know if that's the case, though. I don't know either. I'm asking the question. I'm asking the question. Like, what does Brewer do with? Well, Queens is a good one, right? He's got Queens. All right. Well, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. Good. How should Brewer approach this with Queens? Man. Well, I mean, the big question is what exactly what we've been kicking around, right? If Adamo is capable of moving in consistently with just the, with just the ace. I'm yeah. not sure if we even need that to, to make this a reasonable move in for Adamo because he does have all of the 10 combos in his mm-hmm. range, and he has fives full. Yep. Yep, he has those things too. That's true. So that's a reasonable amount of combos. I mean, that's reasonable, but like as Brewer, we were going to call, right? Like if it was the deuce of hearts on the river, we were going to call. Okay, so let's look at this from two perspectives. Yeah. First, where does this card rank in how good of a river it is? And second, where does our hand rank in our distribution? So this card ranks second worst after a spade, right? Yep. It absolutely does. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And then every other card is better. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we really would rather see a king than an ace. So that's an argument for folding. Yep. All right, where do we fit in our distribution? Number one, very important, we don't have a spade. That's good. Right. That is good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, well, we know we can have some tens, trip yeah. tens. We know we can have, we can have eights full. Yeah. Um, we can have aces. We can have kings. We can have jacks. We can have nines. Yeah. I don't know what else we can have. Um, really. I guess we could, no, it's hard for us to have spades at all. We could have the spades. We could have is ace eight of spades, right? And if we have that, it, this is a we're probably gonna have to find a call. Right? Yeah, we don't love it, but we probably have to call against Adama specifically. Yeah. I mean, we block. I mean, it's not great to block the spades. Yeah, although those are block. Those are the blockers that he might sometimes check back. But yeah, still, I mean, he has a lot more tens now, right? But 
Yeah. But did we even... Yeah, ace, eight of spades, you're right. That's the one we can have. But if we call the... Tur- I think against the dom, we probably have to find a call anyway. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. So, I think we value the spade more than the hand rank uh, from the pocket pairs. Like, I think nines with the nine of... Without the nine of spades is better than kings with the king of spades. Because, yeah, because the district, because yeah. of what we're up against, the range that we're up, up against that would shove here, yeah. nines and kings play the same, right? right. Like, they, they win the same percentage of the time, so we're just dumping the hands that are um, going to block or unblock the things yeah. we want. So yeah. we have one of the pairs without the spade, and it's also the second highest version of that type of hand. So that's pretty good. We also do have better hands, though. We have ace-eight of spades, we have some tens, we have we some full houses. Yep. But those are rare. Those are rare for sure. I think this is a call. Everything has led me to think this is a call. Hmm. I mean, when you say all that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Um, so Brewer doesn't call. No, he folds. So that's interesting. He thinks for quite a while. Yeah. But I mean, you're going to do that. Yeah. Almost no matter what you have at this point. Unless, yeah. if you have, as long as you have a pair, you're going to think for quite a while, right? Um, I think Adamo probably isn't shoving any river, is my guess. He probably I isn't. Agree. I, think I agree. He's, I think he's shoving aces, maybe kings, maybe not, but maybe kings, uh, maybe queens, maybe over cards in general, but especially the ace. The ace is a great card. Ace obviously. is definitely a shove. Yeah. Yep. And, um, of course, any spade. And I don't know if there's any other card he's even shoving. Maybe kings, like you said. Maybe. Maybe kings. Um, so that's unlucky. Yep. But, you know, I mean, it's unlucky, but, like, Brewer had the option, as we were saying, to move in on the turn. He did. Chooses not to, and that this means there's going to be, you know, 12 to 15 cards, if we include kings, that are bad, that we're going to mm-hmm. end up check-folding on, that Adamo's almost always going to shove on, and we are not going to, if we're not going to call, that's a bunch of cards. That's like, and that's a reason maybe to move in on the turn more, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Where do, you, where do you land on the Brewer decision? Because I, I said, like, so I guess I think it's a call. That was distribution-based yeah. alone. I, yeah. I wasn't taking into account the first part of what I was talking about, which was what, is, what level of card is this on the river for us, which is yeah, like a very, very bad card on horrific. the river for us. Where, where do you land? Uh, where do I land? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what he's supposed to do here. That's what Michael Adamo does to you. Yeah, this is really... The problem is, too, like, Adamo really knows where we are, right? Yeah. Like, by, by the time we get to the river, we call again on the turn. He's like, all right, you don't have spades. You're, all, you're almost always raising me at some point. He's going to have a couple slow-played monsters. Of course. Yeah. But everything else is going to be big pocket pair or pocket pair of, of, re, of a reasonable size at this yeah. point, right? And I guess a few tens also that are, that's your slow-played yeah. monster, yeah. Um, but a lot of pocket pairs, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, well, they all hate the ace, except for the one combo of pocket aces, right? They all hate it. Well, it's three combos from Adamo's perspective. That is right. It's three yeah. combos. Right. I was thinking as if, right, Brewer was saying, okay, so there's three combos. But that actually knocks down pocket aces a little bit, so we can say that. I don't yeah. know. Does that help? Uh, <laughs> everything else hates it. And, I mean, this comes back to, like, Adamo, can Adamo really show up with value here enough of the time, Right. This is the question. Does he have enough value? All right. Well, if he has king 10 off in his range, yes. If he has king 10 off, yeah, that's right. Does he have king? I don't know if he has king 10 off. He has three, off. four suited. Well, king 10 suited and king 10 off are really different hands. Yeah, but king 10 off can't be that much less valuable than three, four suited, if it's less valuable at all. Yeah. The thing is, 
you are already going to have like really good board coverage on Broadway stuff. And King 10 is such a porker where you get, you can really, it's so easy to be dominated, you know, so easy to like put in a fair amount of Okay, chips. but we could probably say a 710 suited, right? And if I guess, I guess if he has three, four suited, I guess he can have 710 suited. Yeah. Yeah. So then he's got, he's got uh, all the suited tents basically yeah. down, probably down to 710 suited. Yeah. yeah. Which is a reasonable amount of tents. Yeah. Um, and, and if you add King 10 off in there, that's a lot. Yep. It is. It is. And even if you don't, it's a fair amount. And maybe you add Jack 10 off instead because it has a little bit more maybe. coordination. Yeah, maybe. He, I mean, is he, I mean, I wouldn't have thought he was calling for four three suited. Yeah. So how can I say he's not calling with either of those hands? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it wouldn't occur to me to call with either one of those hands, but I'm not him. Nope. He's more successful. Well, a lot more successful. Let's make that clear. I mean, you don't have to be that guy. It's too late. You went there. Yeah, you're right. You've, you've evolved, and it's too late. You've become the guy who is kind of that guy. Hey, Danny Sprung is going to solve this for us. Whew. So he's going to figure it all out. We just won't have to worry anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> On the flop. Okay. Brewer should bet and should use this size. None of that cool. is surprising. Danny did give Brewer the option to bet three-quarters pot. Pio did not like that idea. Great. Uh, Adamo's hand is preferred as a call. Raising is fine, but Pio prefers to call with this hand. Hmm. Maybe he prefers raising like the backdoor flush draw or something instead, something with less mm-hmm. equity. Um, Brewer's hand is mostly a call versus the raise, but actually does a little bit of three betting, which feels just so much like what we would not do in most cases. Right. I can sort of see why, though, three betting makes some sense here, right? And I, my, I imagine the solver is thinking something along these lines of... Um, when our opponent has a 10 anyway, because of the stack to pot here, like we have, as brewer, we have like 140K. If we call this raise, it's, the pot's already 100. Like we're getting it in unless a bad card comes, right? Mm-hmm. And we find a fold, by the way, often incorrectly as we end up doing. But like we're getting it in a lot anyway. So this way, if you feel like if you're up against a 10, you're mostly getting it in anyway. So you don't have to protect yourself against that piece. You do not give, you don't give the bluffs a chance, but you do get to shut out all this other equity. And with queens, there's a lot of potential bad cards that could have equity against us, i.e. an ace, a king, and spades. Yeah, that's all, that's all reasonable. Now, yeah. to, to be clear, though, Pio does prefer the call, mm-hmm. um, but it's just okay with three betting. Yeah. On the turn, this is something that Danny said. He didn't understand why this output came out, but it did. Pio actually donks Brewer's combo 47% of the time, which is an odd play. I mean, I think it comes back to what we were just talking yeah. about, though, right? Like, now that you've called a lot of players aren't going to have a continue if they don't have a 10 right. or better, right? They're like, okay, you actually have a hand. You're sticking around. You're probably not folding a big pocket pair to this turn bet, right? Um, so I'm going to check it back. And so this way we don't let the, the spades draw for free, basically. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That, that's um, all I can think of. But 53% of the time still wants to check. Yep. And Adamo is supposed to continue and is supposed to use this size. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, the sizing, as we said, was, was kind of magnificent, the it's way he so, set it up. So beautifully small. Yeah. Uh, Brewer can actually check-raise 10% of the time. I guess all the same principles that we've always yeah, been talking, like, talking about. There's only one card to come now. We yeah. can shut you out. All right, to the old river. Okay. Adamo has an auto-shove. Woo! Just go for it. Just stick them in and hope it works out. This is like worst hand we can ever have in this spot. Probably actually the worst. Yeah. yeah. But here's the most... And we, Danny hasn't heard our analysis when he's done the solving, so mm-hmm. he didn't know that we talked about this so much, but it's very, very applicable here. Pio checks back the ace high flush draw that gets right. here as a Damo. Yeah, this so that, we, we obviously That's a huge a lot. point of contention on, on how we feel about both players' plays on the river. Right, Yeah. right. Um, 
we felt like just to remind everyone like that basically if like Adamo has to be willing to make this shove for a brewer to be able to fold. Yeah. Right. Basically. With the ace. Yeah. But nonetheless, the confusing output then is that Pyle folds Brewer's hand. It folds Th- it anyway, despite even though it wants a check. Yeah. So, uh, so interesting. I can't really parse that. I don't really no. know what's going on there. I find that very odd. I f- very confusing. Well, that, that output. Let's go to bed confused and wake up even more confused. What? Yeah. No, I wake up fresh. Okay. And alive. Well, then let's not use Pio anymore because it's just confusing. We don't use Pio. We outsource it. That's true. Let's keep doing that. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.